Flying Bull Productions presents Laugh, Literature, and Film. It's the good stuff. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Episode 194 of the Laugh Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Bull. Joining me across the table, as always, is the other host, Richard Lusk. How are you? I'm awesome. We are doing an early review this week mm-hmm. uh this show is coming out on monday we generally don't come out on mondays but we were given a screener copy of the new film officer down my city's gone to hell <laughs> monster bosses have an iron grip that can't be broken but they're wrong dead wrong gun running nuns are you kidding me you're gonna shoot me of course not they are mother supreme you better be praying So uh, we're going to be talking about this film that's available video on demand. It comes to us from director Sean Cranahan. Yeah, I think he was in uh, Slipknot. Slipknot yeah. yeah, lead singer or something. He also directed a lot of their music videos. Yeah, very strong visual style. Um, and Officer Down is based on the Man of Action uh, graphic novel by Joe Casey and Chris Burnham. They're also the screenwriters. Yeah, they also wrote this. Um, and the movie's about a police officer who keeps uh, getting resurrected so he can keep fighting crime. He's a Christ figure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, very graphic, graphic novel. Yeah, this is a hard R. Yeah. Uh, if you like your R's hard, this yeah. is the movie to go to. Interesting film, I think you'd say. Oh, this is a great movie. This is a fun movie to review because uh, with a movie like this, you really have no expectations. <laughs> what? Let me temper that because the the uh, the trailer for this movie was actually really good. I saw the trailer. I was like, wow, this is awesome. And I said it to you. You hadn't heard about it. And you were like, ooh, this is awesome. Yeah. I was like, wow, David Arquette's been working out. But you don't. <laughs> I was thinking Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Uh, you don't have to compare this movie to the one that you have in your head. With a lot of movies, I go in with like these unrealistic expectations. Sometimes based on the trailer, sometimes based on the original material, sometimes based on you know expectations for directors and mm-hmm. actors and stuff like that. But I didn't know any of these, with the exception of one, I didn't really know any of these actors or actresses. I didn't know the screenwriter. I didn't know anything. Um, but when I when I when I saw this movie, I, I thought, oh, there's a lot to like about this movie. This movie has a lot going for it. I, I don't know where it'll fit, you know, with the critics. Mm-hmm. But it's a, it's a, I mean, it's a solid B movie, solid B action film. And it knows that's what it is. So it goes for it whole hog. So I give it a B plus. Well, I'm rating it a B plus. <laughs> I, I like it. It's a comic book movie, but it's not a superhero movie. And I mean, everyone's obsessed with the superhero movies. You know, oh, it's based on comic book. I like the non-superhero comic book stuff. I think a lot of that's more interesting and for the longest time with graphic novels, they said this stuff cannot be adapted. Mm. It's, you know, too off the walls. It's too bonkers. Well, they tried it with Watchmen and yeah, Watchmen around the time of 300. Yeah. 300 kind of works. But then lately we've gotten stuff like walking dead preacher preachers. Yeah. Fantastic. And even like weird stuff like kick-ass. I enjoyed that a lot, even though that's kind of superhero ish. Yeah. They're but it's, tr- it's superhero adjacent, but it still has that B B complex or, B movie feel, B Yeah, and, and these aren't your safe Marvel or DC comic books. 
What was the movie uh, with uh, Rain Wilson in it where he plays a super? Super. Okay. <laughs> that was super. Was yeah, super from uh, Peter Gunn. I don't know if that was director. a graphic novel beforehand, but it, if it has that same sort of feeling. So if you're into these kinds of movies or those kinds of movies, you, I think you'd really enjoy this. Oh, yeah. It definitely has a unique voice. Um, I also saw homages to Hotline Miami, which is a top-down shooter that looks like an old Nintendo game, but it's ultra-violent. Yeah, it's got the... the and I'm not sure which one came first this graphic novel turned movie or the video game, but they're definitely all influencing each other. So I kind of like this off kilter world. Well, the weird thing about it is it is a, it's also an eighties movie action film, Mm -hmm. but it's set sometime in the future. So it's got this weird, uh, futuristic feeling about it, but it's also got this insane, uh, B movie action film pedigree. So if this movie had come out when I was around 15, it would probably be my favorite, like, you know, one of my top five movies of all time. I'd be talking about it up there, you know, it, it, with uh, with Cobra, <laughs> movies like that, or uh, Tango and Cash, that kind of thing. But because I'm 50, it sort of loses a little bit of its uh, appeal. Instead, I'm 50 instead of 15, so I, I don't know who to recommend this for. The inner sophomore in you, <laughs> that's who I would recommend this movie for. It, it feels like it's going to be a cult film. <laughs> but it's not yet. So you're like, you want to go tell people so that you're the one that turned them on to this film <laughs> right, that became right. their cult film. Right. Yeah. I, I could, I could see talking about it next year. Actually, one of the things I'd really like to see uh, with uh, connected to this movie is the sequel. So hopefully it gets enough credit, makes enough money, or they're able to do enough with it that they can move this forward into a sort of a franchise. I like superhero movies like that that are sort of weird and quirky. I don't really mm-hmm. like the, you know, the Marvel universe and stuff like that. So, so I, I was I was insanely satisfied <laughs> with this movie in in that sense in those regards. Yeah, and it definitely does hit the right temperament for a very select audience. But when it hits, it's a grand slam. I had one kid in my film class who knew about this movie, and he was so excited, and he's like you get to see it ahead of time? And I'm like, yeah. He goes, can I see it? I'm like, no, can't share it. Right. But he was so excited. All the other kids are going, what are you talking about? <laughs> right, right. This well, is bizarre. But for that one kid, he was ultra, ultra excited. Well, the best advertiser for this movie is his rating justification. So it's rated <laughs> R for pervasive language, brutal, bloody, stylized violence throughout, and a strong, prolonged sex scene with, with nudity. So if you see the ratings justifications, then you think, oh, check 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 then you'll go running out to see this well i guess running to your computer or television set watch it on video on demand i'm sure it's going to be on itunes video on demand mm-hmm. all the uh, major direct ones, tv yeah. so it, yeah those are getting much more detailed those uh ratings <laughs> i know rating just it, it used to just be language and violence and you're like okay or sometimes they even did just v and l yeah. You know, you're supposed to like use the code, but now they're saying exactly what's in it. it people got to know. People got to know what they're going to see, man. Do you think there are people who go, you know, this when this comes out in Redbox, oh, it's a comic book movie. I'll go let my seven-year-old watch it. <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> no. just a police officer. No, because they're not marketing it that way. I don't think, you know, it's very uh, stylized with its violence. And, you know, we haven't even really talked about who's in it. Okay. Um, the film stars Kim Coates. As Officer Down. Sons of Anarchy? Yeah, Sons of Anarchy. 
uh, looks a lot like David Arquette when he puts on sunglasses. I think he's an older version of Joaquin Phoenix with a merkin for a mustache. <laughs> for a mustache. All right. Uh, Sam Witwer as Burnham. See, again, I don't know that. I, I don't he, know He's the is. young cop. He's the rookie cop. Oh, okay. And then Lauren Velez. Isn't it Gamble? Officer Gamble? All right, fine. We'll go with that. <laughs> Sorry. And then... Uh, That's, okay, but he's our conduit into the movie. Yeah. We kind of see him... Or we, we, we're we supposed to view the world through his eyes. He's sort of, a like you said, a rookie cop. He's, uh, I guess, if you're going to pull a theme out of the movie, maybe loss of innocence or disillusionment. Those kinds of things would be found through this through this character. Well, and then so, they have to explain everything to him, so we know. we also get to know, yeah. So, uh, and then Lauren Velez is the police chief, mm-hmm. Beringer, and she's from Dexter, which was a show where she was also a cop and also in Miami. So now you kind of realize why she wasn't paying attention to Dexter being a serial killer. It's because she was too busy. Working on Officer Down. <laughs> okay. So it's a shared universe with Dexter. It, it kind of has that feel. You're kind of well, like, whoa, what's going on here? One of the one of the cops in this, uh, I guess, uh, Officer Down has a group of, I, I guess you would call them backup cops, but they're more like cleanup cops. They <laughs> go in after he's done his business and they clean up the place. But one of those guys is uh, Officer Carl McMillan. He's played by Reno Wilson. He Oh, I'm sorry. He was Officer Carl McMillan in the Mike and Molly TV show. And so I was, as I was watching, I was thinking, that's a dude from Mike and Molly. So I'm like, huh, this is what he's like at work. <laughs> when he's killing guys, you know, shooting submachine guns on people. So there's that subtle layer of humor in a movie that's, it's, it's weird because it's fairly in your face obnoxious mm-hmm. with its, you know, violence and sexuality and all. But then there's these like little subtle, subtle casting choices. And I think some of the uh, secondary tertiary, even Kim Coates was great. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't mind the acting so much. The, the, uh, I mean that some of there are some problems I have with the movie, but but overall, I thought it was. Uh, I mean, it like I said, solid. <laughs> it was very solid. The I was I was attracted to Kim Coates, not having known him. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he's got 132 credits on IMDb. <laughs> he's he's the uh, he's the white Keith David. <laughs> Well, when you want a guy to play your biker or, you know, your heavy in a film, he fills that role well, but then he also cleans up so that he looks like a pretty good police officer. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Who's the other guy that uh, does that kind of thing with a machete? Who's the actor in those machete movies? He's the same kind of yeah, guy, yeah. gritty, down-to-earth kind of guy, I like long hair or whatever. But you're right, he, he plays this part pretty well. Um, and then just even having the film set in Miami works because Miami well, wait, just feels it's like L.A. Yeah, no, it's it's a it's an ultra. Yeah, it's definitely L.A. It's all about it's L.A. of the future. Uh, I think you're thinking of that video game you're talking about, Miami Down or Miami. Yeah, I thought it was Miami. Oh, whatever. No, <laughs> it's definitely L.A. Well, then my whole point about how Miami is the perfect '80s town. Oh, well, so's L.A. L.A. is the '80s yeah. town. I thought you were talking about a video game when you said that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, just wrong. <laughs> okay, that's fine. It doesn't matter. It's a big city somewhere. Um, what else? Oh, uh, well, the other thing I just love because it's so silly is the gun that he has. It's this double-barreled pistol that's an eighty-five caliber Magnum. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's both a revolver and a semi-automatic. Yeah. So, but it's a cool-looking gun. I, 
I think it would be a cool prop. I would have to put it in my display case along with the tomahawk from Bone Tomahawk. Uh, and uh. Oh, what was the, the gavel? That, like, knife boomerang thing from the 80s? Mm-hmm. You know, all those just weird weapons. Oh, uh, the, uh, the, the ninja star from uh, Crawl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing. He also has his own special SRT Bearcat. Uh, like a wheeled armor personal carrier, you know, usually is to carry in like teams of SWAT teams and stuff. He drives it all by himself. I think he even has the radio set to his personal stations. It's designed for military use. It's like an armored vehicle. Oh, and it's so ridiculously tall. It can't go under low bridges. <laughs> so he just drives under him anyway. Well, it, it's like you could see this guy coming from a mile away, but somehow he's been undercover for 22 years or something fighting. <laughs> the good fight, right? Uh, this, those little elements are are pretty awesome. I mean, they they put a lot of thought into not not only. I was thinking for as fast moving as this movie is, they do a whole lot of setup with the cameras, and they ha- they take it from. There's a lot of coverage, a lot of uh, very intentional editing, mm-hmm. very uh, partic- They're very particular about their uh, color scheme. And I think that there are some metaphorical significances to the kinds of things that they're trying to do. So they're trying to accomplish something on another level. So there's the subtlety that's underneath. There's the blatant in-your-face action and craziness going on. But then there's also the the sort of technical stuff going on behind the scenes that that I I was sort of attracted to as a person that kind of likes the technical aspects of film. I think you like the technical aspects of film even more than me. So, Oh, well, one of the things I appreciated was the fight scenes. Everyone has its own flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, he does have this big gun and he does fire it a lot. and But they keep finding wacky things to do. I think he shoots a nun into the sky with it. <laughs> yeah. You know, one real quick gag. Uh, but the, uh, later on, there are ninjas. <laughs> I know, that's the best part. <laughs> I love it. And that fight scene is completely different from the opening fight scene or the one with the nuns. Well, the, the, the movie is basically just this guy fighting crime Mm -hmm. and there's no real, like, I don't even, is there a real plot? Are you aware of a plot? He's fighting against the fortune 500. Three Three, people. (laughs) Three things. Three chimeras. Well, well, that's the whole thing. Are they chimeras or are they just wearing rubber masks? Oh, well, like, yeah, are I they trying they are to hide kind of. their identities from each other? Is it something like the the Court of Owls, which is in the Batman comics? No, I don't know, but maybe. Oh, okay. I hadn't thought I, about. I wasn't like that. sure. Like, we don't really know, but they're coming back. Well, they're uh, you know, uh, that's one of the budget constraints of this movie is the fact that they're called the Fortune Five Hundred, but there's only three of them. They couldn't afford the other four hundred ninety. Well, no, in the comic book, there are only the three too. Oh, oh, okay. but I like that they call themselves the Fortune Five Hundred. I thought it was budgeting. <laughs> they kept that up. It remind they reminded me of uh, Zubily Zoo. <laughs> Throwback to my to my early childhood with Bender Beaver Beaver and uh, Takatu Kakatu. <laughs> so I, I kind of like that, even though they weren't. I mean, I I don't. They didn't really try to go over the top with the. Uh, I, I suppose the makeup was interesting with the masks and all. I think it might have taken some time, but it wasn't. They weren't trying to make them uh, look like anything that would have really existed, you know. Yeah, I, I, that layer of artificiality was important there. It just makes it more funny, I think. Oh, definitely. Uh, hopefully, in the next one, they go to Detroit, 
so Officer Down can team up with RoboCop. Or Miami. <laughs> or Miami. <laughs> we have a buddy cop. Where's movie. Dread? Ooh, we get Dread in there. Where's Dread set? The San future? Francisco? No, like Megapolis or something. Oh, okay. It's like a city of 500 million people oh, or something. Oh, okay. All right. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, 500 people? That's 500 a- million. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's why <laughs> they call not it mega. Megapolis. <laughs> like 500 people. Is- that sounds like my third period class. So, uh, would you recommend this film to your students? Uh, some of them. I only, I, you know, my film class is nothing but boys. I have three girls. Mm-hmm. I, I had four girls, but one of them transferred. <laughs> now I have three girls in that class. Uh, it, it, you know, with sexuality, I'm kind of like mm-hmm. hesitant to talk to 11th and 12th, you, you know, high school kids about it. It's just kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. And there is that sort of like gross sexuality that's in, I mean, there, this, this movie has a focus on a weird sort of, uh, fixation on, Oral sex. I, I just, I don't know. I think that's probably working metaphorically, but I couldn't figure it out. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to probably recommend it individually. I wouldn't probably talk about it to my entire yeah. class. Like I, mean, I did with Arc Great Ridge. If some kid said, uh, I love Deadpool, it's a shame there aren't more movies like Deadpool. I could be like, well, there's Officer Down. You can go watch that or Super. <laughs> like, yeah, see, all those I movies, mean, are, they're, they're too adult. I, I don't know. I, I even get kind of weirded out when kids say that they watch Deadpool. They just kind of, really? Your parents let you watch that? I know it's 17, but still. There's just too much. It, like, the violence doesn't bother me at all. Mm-hmm. In fact, I showed uh, I showed the hammer fight from um, Old Boy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, the hammer hallway fight. To my class because I couldn't get the DVR to work mm-hmm. or the yeah the DVD player to work, but uh, it was on a disc or it was actually on the hard drive. Was, so you showed them the, the well they asked. Pipe. I was like I, I I paused for a minute. I knew I knew that there was no sexuality in it, so I was like yeah all right. Did they know? This? No, none of them knew what's going on. <laughs> they were just like wow, what is this thing? And I was like oh well, there's that. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> and I let it go. So, like I said, I'd have to piecemeal out my recommendations for this. There are quite a few people I know that I wouldn't recommend it to. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> some people who would hate this thing. Yeah. But uh, you'll you'll know within the first five minutes if it's for you. Really, you could go watch the trailer. And if you like the trailer, you'll like this film. I think so. I think so. I think if you're listening to this podcast and you're coming to this podcast because you saw, ooh, Officer Down, let me see what these guys had to say about it, then uh, you will be welcome to go watch it. Okay. Do we need to spoil it any? I kind of want to talk about the ending a little. All right. Let's do that. The man that hath no music in himself, nor is not moved with concord of sweet sounds, is fit for treasons, stratagems, and spoils. I don't want to spoil the party, so All right. Here's my problem with the ending. They spend so long trying to resurrect Officer Down in, you know, when he's in the prison. And they finally do. And he takes on the lead teleporting ninja. Mm-hmm. And that fight is over so quickly. Mm. It felt a little anticlimactic. Yeah, given the fact that there was a whole lot leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wanted to see some epic fight. And it just do you it think, was over too quick. Do you think that there's an epic fight there that they cut? That they just left out? For per, the length of yeah, like they only had fourteen days to shoot, and they were up against a hard out. Well, 
No, I I guess no that they that they edited it out because my thinking is my thinking is and I might be completely off base here but I think that it was incredibly storyboarded because I I just kind of saw that in a lot of the what they were doing with the canted shots and the you know the moving camera mm-hmm. cameras on dollies and stuff like that um so I, I was thinking when you mentioned that that maybe they they cut a film or they 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 shot the film they shot a bigger scene but it just didn't work so when they edited it together so uh, but maybe that's by design maybe they want to leave you wanting more i do want more i want to see the continuing adventures of officer down maybe that's just a way that they manipulate you maybe yeah form of media manipulation i I don't know too often though the final fight with the bad guys just it's over too quickly too easily you know and it's been built up in your mind it's like a most dangerous game that story. Oh yeah, I think that's yeah, at the very end, Rainsford's yeah, four periods, and you're and you're yeah. done. That that's the whole fight, or Masters of the Universe. Well, there's there's something about what you mentioned earlier was how how stylized those uh, those earlier fight scenes were, and mm-hmm. how important they were to, to building up everything in the film. So maybe there's this like form of uh, like reverse irony with the last fight scene because you've had such good ones leading up to it. That they don't, yeah. I don't know. I, Maybe. I I don't have as big a problem with it as you do, I guess. But I understand your criticism there. Yeah, I also don't understand why they don't turn more officers into officer downs. Have well, a whole army of them. Maybe he's special. They don't really explain that very well. Because, I don't know. I guess they had that one guy try to explain it, but it seemed like a couple of his lines seemed like from Looper. Yeah, or I could. He's just like, yeah, skip over this part. With a team of scientists and twelve chalkboards, we still couldn't explain it all. Yeah. It's like, okay, uh, I mean, some things you just have to accept. But well, that's what I was going to say. The greatest strength about this movie is also its greatest w- weakness. Is that it's the idea that that is more important than why. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's more important that there's an orgasm counter than why. <laughs> it's more important that they're exploding heads than why, you know? More important that there are sexy nuns <laughs> than why. Yeah. So I I, I appreciate it. It's like yeah, don't over explain to me. I don't like over extensive exposition. Oh yeah, and, and it's dialogue. already going to be a difficult film to do because your lead character can be resurrected whenever you want. <laughs> right. So there really are no stakes. Or it can take a long amount of time. Like, it seems like th- that was also inconsistent. Like they could jazz him up and get him going in one scene. And then towards the end, it took him a long time and they sort of prolonged that just for the purposes of, I don't know, setting up drama, drama yeah. or conflict or whatever. So, all right. Uh, so that's officer down. Excellent. By chance, did you prepare a quote for us? <laughs> I did. Well, Kim Coates, one of his, uh, 135, IMDB credits is Kim Coates hates the internet. It's a funnier die short. And from that, he says he's, he talks about his riding his bike, his motorcycle. And he, he's, he's mad at millennials for being on the internet all the time. He hates the internet. He says, tweet, tweet, tweet all day long. How about you honk your hog's horn at that soccer mom when she drifts over into the fast lane? That's the original tweet. And then he throws his. <laughs> whatever laptop so kim coates i like it well thank you for joining me l train <laughs> <laughs> uh,
Roxanne Bodum, everybody. There be dragons. <laughs>you going to the movies this weekend let laugh know what you saw send in your review by emailing the show at the laugh podcast at gmail.com tweeting at the laugh podcast or messaging us on facebook.com backslash the laugh podcast the best comments will get read on a future show Welcome to episode. Welcome to episode. Damn, this is hard switching gears. It's the good stuff, Mister Bull. It's the good stuff. Oh, I can steal all the lines. I don't care. <laughs> you do whatever you got to do. I should have thought about the opening. Let's get it done. That's all I've been thinking about is. <laughs> all right.